This week's comment, Head of the Class, by George Packer, from The New Yorker Magazine, May 16, 2016. Last week, Donald Trump became the leader of the Republican Party. He thrashed his way to this summit by understanding what many intelligent people utterly failed to see— the decline of American institutions and mores, from Wall Street and the Senate to cable news and the Twitterverse, made the candidacy of a celebrity proto-fascist with no impulse control not just possible, but in some ways inevitable. It shouldn't have been such a surprise. An early tremor came in 2008 in the person of Sarah Palin, who endorsed Trump before almost any other top Republican. In her contempt for qualifications, her blithe ignorance, she was an avatar for Trump. A lot of Republicans, many of them female, saw in the small-town common woman an image of themselves. Many men see in the say-anything billionaire an image of their aspirations. Palin showboated her way from politics to reality TV, while Trump swaggered in the opposite direction. Together they wore a path that is already almost normal. Trump also grasped what Republican elites are still struggling to fathom. The ideology that has gripped their party since the late 1970s, anti-government, pro-business, nominally pious, has little appeal for millions of ordinary Republicans. The base of the party, the middle-aged white working class, has suffered at least as much as any demographic group because of globalization, low-wage immigrant labor, and free trade. Trump sensed the rage that flared from this pain and made it the fuel of his campaign. Conservative orthodoxy, already weakened by its own extremism, the latest, least appealing standard-bearer was Ted Cruz, has suffered a stunning defeat from within, and Trump has replaced it with something more dangerous, white identity politics. Republican presidential candidates received majorities of the white vote in every election after 1964. In 2012, Barack Obama won about 40% of it, average for Democrats in the past half-century. But no Republican candidate, not even Richard Nixon or Ronald Reagan, made as specific an appeal to the economic anxieties and social resentments of white Americans as Trump has. When he vows to make America great again, he is talking about and to white America, especially the less well-off. The ugliness of the pitch will drive some more moderate and perhaps more affluent Republicans to sit out the fall election, or even to vote for Hillary Clinton, the nearly certain Democratic nominee. Hashtag Never Trump and Hashtag I'm With Her are trending on select Republican Twitter feeds. Trump's toxicity, combined with the decline in the white electorate, which, since 1976, has dropped from 89% of the American voting public to 72%, might make this a year of democratic routes. The Democratic Party has a strange relationship with the white working class. Bernie Sanders speaks to and for it, not as being white, but as being economically victimized. He kept his campaign alive last week in Indiana, in large part by beating Clinton nearly two to one among whites without a college degree. Coverage of Sanders has focused on his support among the young and the progressive, but he has also outperformed Clinton with the white working class. Even in losing, Sanders has shown that a candidacy based on economic populism can win back some voters who long ago deserted the Democratic Party. 
It's hard to know whether these voters, faced with a choice between Clinton and Trump, will revert to the Republican side, stay home, or vote for a Democrat who until now hasn't known how to reach them. Identity politics of a different brand from Trump's is also gaining strength among progressives. In some cases, it comes with an aversion toward, even contempt for, their fellow Americans who are white and sinking. Abstract sympathy with the working class as an economic entity is easy, but the feeling can vanish on contact with actual members of the group who often arrive with disturbing beliefs and powerful resentments who might not sound or look like people urban progressives want to know. White male privilege remains alive in America, but the phrase would seem odd, if not infuriating, to a 60-year-old man working as a Walmart greeter in southern Ohio. The growing strain of identity politics on the left is pushing working-class whites, chastised for various types of bigotry, and sometimes justifiably, all the more decisively toward Trump. Last fall, two Princeton economists...